Okay, so if, if we're going to talk about distracted and being distracted, and, and I've started every one of these teachings off with this, we have to start by identifying, identifying what are we being distracted from, right? Like if, if we're going to talk about a distracted series and, and look at all these things that are pulling at us, what is it pulling us away from? Okay, so we have to ask that question, what is it uh, that... Um, that I want to guard, that I want to protect? What is it that is uh, the inspiration for my life, my source of identity, my source of purpose? What is that? Um, because when we talk about being distracted, we're talking about the things that are going to pull you from that. And so for me, my identity is rooted in Christ. It's rooted in the gospel, the gospel message of what Jesus did for all of us on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, resurrecting from the, from the grave, having victory over all of my past, present, future sins. And, and so my identity is, is in the reality that, that he created an opportunity for me to have a relationship with him, that I could be adopted into the family of God. Okay, so, so right then and there, based upon that decision to receive him as my Lord and Savior, my, I've been given a new purpose, a new identity. And so when I think of distractions, I think of anything that pulls me from that. Anything that pulls me off course from pursuing him, uh, anything that pulls me off course with my identity even, right? Um, and, and I would also add to that the direction for my life. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, he doesn't just remake your identity, uh, but he also gives you a new purpose and direction for your life. And these things that are distractions, uh, they are going to try to pull you off course, Okay. Um, in fact, we read in Scripture how narrow is the road of righteousness. It's narrow. It's not wide. The wide road uh, leads to destruction, and a lot of people are going to take that one. The narrow road, the road of righteousness, that is a very narrow one. And, and so when we think of not only an identity being rooted in, in Christ, but, but also him directing me, these are the distractions that are going to pull me uh, away from that. Um, and so that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Um, and that's what we're trying to identify when it comes to these uh, things, because these are the things that can cause you to miss the calling on your life. Uh, they, they can cause you to be so distracted you don't even hear it. Um, the, the worst thing that can happen is they distract you to the point where you deprioritize your relationship with God. We can be so distracted with things, you guys, that all of a sudden we're not even thinking about God. We're not even thinking about him as a priority. Like some of you, uh, because you're so distracted with achieving or getting somewhere or arriving at some specific destination uh, or, or being successful or having this or that, that you literally, you're just like, hey, God, you're along for this ride, but this is where I need to arrive at. Like you're, 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 you know, you're with me, but you're not listening to him. You're not letting him dictate or, or even if he wants to change course, you're not letting him do that. And, and what that communicates is that something has distracted you from him and taken you away to the point where now his voice is not your primary voice. He's not the one primarily speaking into your life when it comes to direction, when it comes to how you're going to live, when it comes to following him. Um, and so we're trying to understand these things. So tonight what we're talking about for the finale, is we're talking about the distraction of a relationship or the distraction of 
desiring one. Okay? Now, when I say relationship, are you all tracking with what I'm talking about? Like, do I need to break that down? Uh, romantic relationship, right? Okay, you're all hanging. You're like, oh, now I'll listen. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, I think maybe, maybe I do need this one. All right. Um, you know, so that's what we're talking about, the distraction of a relationship or the distraction of desiring one. Now, are romantic relationships bad? Wow, you were really on that. Okay. Uh, they are not bad. Okay? Is desiring to have one bad? Like, heck no. No. Right? Okay. So no, no. And I, I agree with you. I agree with you, right? But the question is, can it be? Can it be? Right? <laughs> yes, right? You guys went from, like, nothing to now you're all talking. Like, this is amazing. Let's do worship. Come back up here. Uh, let's start this over. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, it can be, and, and this is, I'll, I'll say this too. Of all the ones we've covered, this one has the greatest potential for distraction, hands down. And I'll say this too. I honestly don't know what's more dangerous a romantic relationship, or the desire for one, okay? I, I honestly don't. When I, when I think about it, I have seen people caught up in both. I have seen people absolutely so, um, I, I don't even know, I don't even want to say the word, but mm, glued to each other, maybe. Uh, there's a word, and I'm missing it. It's in Mexico, but... Uh, <laughs> To where they are absolutely obsessed, consumed with their relationship, and it is everything. It, it, it is the definition of an idol. So, so my relationship is everything. It's my identity. It has to work out. They are all that, that, that I think about. I am consumed with it working and us you know, getting married. It has to work, and, and I've seen people in that space, uh, and, and to where, like, regardless of red flags, regardless of, of little things that come up that I say, hey, you should notice that. Did you see that? They're kind of like this. And, and just get away, Steve, get away. We don't need to meet anymore. I've met them, right? Um, so I've seen that many times with your age group. And then second is the, they're the one. They're the one. They are the one. They are the one. And, and, and to where it is obsessive, to where they can't think of anything else other than getting that person. Like, that's the person I need to be with. They're consumed with that person. Sometimes it's they're consumed, they want to date that person, they want to marry that person, or sometimes it's, it's getting that person back. Sometimes they've lost in a relationship something, and they want them back, and they are consumed with doing whatever it takes to get them back, right? So, so and I don't know what's worse, to be honest. I don't know if, uh, I've seen this, and it's awful. I would say this is probably more dangerous because I've seen people get married in that space, and oh my gosh, ugh. And then I've seen this be absolutely awful because one person who hasn't even said, I want to be with you, is hijacking that person's whole being. I mean, they, they are completely at the mercy of somebody who may choose to love them back or not, maybe good for them, maybe isn't, right? And so this is, these, are, these are huge. Um, I've seen people caught in both of those extremes, 
And, and I think, you know, the question that we naturally ask is, why is this such a huge potential trap? Or why is this one, why does it have the potential to be the greatest of distractions? Why is that? Okay, well, here's the first reason. A romantic relationship has a stronger pull on you than you realize it does. Okay, that's the first thing. That is a universal truth. I, I promise you. When you fall in love, however you define that, when you're head over heels in love with someone, that will have a pull on you that is foreign, that is new, and it will be stronger than what you thought you could handle. Okay? Um, that's, that is the nature of love, is, is it pulls you harder and more than you've ever been pulled, and, and you feel, you, you literally um, are experiencing emotions and feelings and attractions uh, that you never have before, and, and so uh, a romantic relationship, part of the danger of it is it takes you to a place emotionally. For some of us, we go there physically, intimately, and, 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 it, and it takes you to a place that you've never been to before, and it brings things up that you didn't even know that, that you had to where now it's like you need it. You have to have it. And, and, and I mean, it, it's crazy. And, and so um, that's one of the, the main dangers is it pulls you, it has a stronger pull than what you realize. And, and I've seen this over and over again, okay? Um, I, I always think of this, I, I was a youth pastor when I first uh, became a pastor. I was a youth pastor. And it's crazy, though, all my kids that were my youth kids, they're now in their 30s. It's like nuts. Uh, and anyway... Uh, one of them in particular, he was this kid who had a, just like the perfect upbringing, right? In, in the church world, you go, oh, that's like the, the perfect kid. Uh, his parents always brought him to church. He was always good, did everything right. He never dated anyone. He's like, I'm not going to date anyone. You know, he's one of those, right? Um, maybe you're one of those. That's awesome for you. Good for you, okay? Um, but he's like, I'm not going to date. So he never dated anything. All of a sudden, he's a senior in high school, and he starts dating. He starts dating this girl. I'm like, hey, bud, what, what's happening? You know, and, you know, and he's heard me give like a billion dating talks and all that. And it turns out she's in a different religion. And I said, hey, man, what, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And, and he's like, oh, no, I know, I know, I know. But, but this is different. We're good. Like, we've talked. And I think that, you know, she's like, she likes coming here for youth group and stuff. And so, like, things are good, Okay. Well, warned him, hey, man, like, you're in dangerous territory here. You really are. No, 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 no big deal. Well, he ended up marrying that girl, and he's in that religion now. What happened there? What, what, what happened? Well, that had a pull that on his life, on his heart, that he, he, did, he did not know how to handle it. It was different. His whole life, he'd been able to manage, control, and follow God. But all of a sudden, this, because it was different, because this level of distraction, this level of, of pull on his heart was different to a degree he had never experienced. You can't prepare yourself for it. You, there, there's like, I, I tell people, it's like when you have your first kid, there's nothing that prepares you for that emotion. You, I, like, Nothing. Like, you can't, like, go to classes and, and they go, okay, so this is when the baby comes out. Now let's all practice going, <gasps> like, no, they don't, there, there's no way to do that. Like, there's no way to do that, okay? Um, and, and yet, when it happens, you're just, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and love has that same 
thing. It just does that. And, and so I watched this kid who's, whose life forever changed, forever changed uh, when I still see him. I mean, his life is completely different because of that. And, and, and I've seen that in so many others as well. There's so many people that have come through this college ministry who married people, uh, who got together with people that, uh, that, were, that ended up being a distraction, pulling them away um, from who they were called to be, who they knew they wanted to be, their, the, the desires of, of their heart, all that, and uh, they're living a life that they're not proud of. And it, 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 honestly, it saddens me, it hurts me, I hate it. Um, I've, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen the pull of that, uh, and, and it hasn't been good, to where I, I, I pursued the wrong girl. And, 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 I, and I saw how that took a hold of my heart. I saw how I went down this road, and I was just going in the direction she was because I loved her. And, and so that's just what I did. And, and so I've experienced it. I've seen it in, in others. And, and so that, that is a very real thing when it comes to this distraction. The second thing is this, that makes this such a difficult topic and, and makes it so dangerous. It's, it's the thing that you'll likely be the most pressured into, okay? That's the other part of this that is really, really tough when we talk about this, is this is one that your friends are going to encourage you into. They are. And, and, and that's why the next series is going to be on friendship, okay? <laughs> uh, because we need some help there, all right? Um, like, it's insane how our friends, they'll just be like, are you happy? Uh, what's your heart telling you? Or like, yeah, they, yeah they, you guys are such a cute couple. Yeah, you should totally date them, uh, right? So they're going to encourage you to do that. Whether that person's great for you or not, more than likely, you will find friends that will agree with it. Second uh, is your family. Um, not, not, not all of you. Some of, your, you, know, some of you have, have parents that are, um, that are like, no, you'll never marry anyone. And then, uh, but a lot of you have, have parents that are like, what's going on? Where is she? Where is he? Like, hey, I sent you to college. Make it happen. Like, do something. You're a senior now. What's wrong with you, okay? Uh, make my money work, okay? Like, I put you to college so you could bring grandkids. You know, like, it's crazy. So, um, and that's a, that's a very real uh, thing, that some of you get pressured by a mom, a dad, your parents. Um, and then what also we see with this is the cultural pressure on this one is really rough. Honestly, I just feel bad for you guys. Uh, some of you go to Bushnell, Right? Um, and, and I know that pressure is felt by Bushnell students. Like, I, I mean, they have terms for it uh, on the campus that you guys have shared with me in that. So there's this, like, by the end of it, you're like, man, I better find them. Like, where are they? I have counseled many Bushnell students at the end of their senior year, and I'm like, it's okay. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, I didn't get married until after college. You're going to be okay, okay? Um, God is still on the throne. But you're, you're going to feel it. From, from culture in ways that are just so, it's so difficult, right? It, it's, it's tough when, when, when you see all these movies that are portraying these love stories. Uh, it, it's, it's tough when you see all these advertisements and they're selling something, uh, this, this love, this happiness, this, this partnership. Uh, and, and then you have social media, right? That constant reminder, Seth talked about this last week, the constant reminder that you're not enough, you don't have enough, and that you're, you're, not, 
You're not in a relationship like apparently everyone else is, and they're all happy because all their pictures are smiling. So you don't have it, you know? And so um, you're feeling that weight, and, and, and you're, you're, you guys are at the age now, you're starting to go to your friend's weddings, you're standing there. with, And, and so you're feeling this way. Like it's a, it's a very real thing. Okay? And, and, and so I think those are the two big things that we've got to wrestle with. So we, we're dealing here with something that has a stronger, stronger pull than we're prepared for, and you're going to be constantly pressured into it. Sometimes I just think it would just be easier if we went back old school, like parents just picked your spouse, right? Like, I mean, you know, let's go Abraham on it. Like Abraham's, Abraham sent his servant to go find a wife for his son. Can you imagine Isaac sitting there like going, oh my gosh, like who's he going to bring back? right? Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, if your parent was, like, picking your spouse for you, you guys ever think about that? Man, I grew up thinking about that a lot, you know? Like, I was like, man, who would they pick, you know? And, oh, like, what? Nah, <laughs> you know? Um, but, but sometimes I'm like, man, that would make life a lot easier. Um, so I'm going to use two Old Testament examples uh, that we have that I, most people are familiar with uh, who fell into these traps, Okay, this, this relationship, this desire for one, uh, and, 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 and it was a huge distraction. The first one is uh, Samson. Okay? Uh, Samson, if you're not familiar with who Samson is, Samson was this, he's supernaturally strong. I say supernatural, supernaturally because he was somebody that he didn't look like me. He wasn't like huge and ripped. Like most people, they didn't assume he was really strong. Okay, so... Um, so he was very unassuming, so he was supernaturally strong, so don't picture me, all right? So that's Samson, okay? So we have Samson. Uh, he's, he's literally this guy who was set apart from birth. There was a Nazarite vow that his parents took. In other words, nothing that, that, was, that was unclean. He could never eat. His hair was to never be cut. He was never to have any type of alcohol, anything off the vine, um, and so there was a Nazarite vow. He's been set aside uh, for, uh, for life. And, and then when you study his life, you, you go, oh, my goodness. What doomed this guy? It was this constant desire for a relationship and ultimately a relationship itself that just ruined it. In fact, in Judges 14, 1 through 3, this is what it says. Samson went down to Timnah. And at Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Philistines, anti-God, pagan country, uh, bad news. God said, stay away, right? He, he said, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. This is what, this is what he said. And then he came and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all our people that you must go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines, uncircumcised pagan? Okay, don't get caught up in that. Um, but Samson said to his father, get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. Okay? So right away, we see what's driving this guy. He's seen someone, and he's like, that's what I want. She is who I want. And, and his parents are like, 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 listen, she does not believe in God. She doesn't want anything to do with God. They are in opposition to God. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? She looks good to me. Go get her. Like, that's what I want. Okay, so we, so we see this, this desire already there. You jump ahead to Judges chapter 16, verse 1. 
Um, and, 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 and the story that happens from that first girl that we read about, it's, it's gnarly, all right? So in your spare time tonight, just read Judges 14 and just go, all right? Gets weird, all right? Judges 16.1, though, we see, again, another girl, because the other one didn't work out at all. Uh, <laughs> Samson, Samson went to Gaza, it says, and there he saw a prostitute, and he went into her, okay? You can read between the lines there. And so once again, we see this desire. We see a desire, a lust, a, a desire for companionship, a desire uh, for a relationship of, uh, with, with intimacy, right? He's desiring it. And then in verse 4 of chapter 16, after this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Okay, so now he's found another that, that, that he wants, that he desires. She also, pagan nation, doesn't believe in God, all of that. And, 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 and her people actually start to use her to try to get the secret of his strength because they want to kill him. And so, and so she's begged him. She's pleaded with him. He's lied to her three times. And then look at what it says in, in Judges 16, 15 through 7. It says, and she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death, and he told her all his heart and said to her, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. That's it. That's it. This dude who has been supernaturally charged by God, given gifts that we haven't read anything like since then, and it's done. Now, he has one final act that God uses him and destroys a ton of Philistines. But I look at it and I go, I can't believe that. The warnings, the, the, the understanding and knowing that you have been hand-selected by God to do something incredible, to lead your people. And this one area hijacked everything. This one area. And it started, though, with what? With desire, right? It started with, I want that. Now, do you think when he, when he said, I want that, do you think he had any idea the road that he was about to go on? Do you think he had any idea that if I just continue to entertain that, it's going to literally distract me away from the very purpose of my life? No, he had no clue, right? In fact, I, let's, just go, let's just say probably innocent, right? Probably thinking, I'm the strongest person that's ever lived. You know, I'm going to be okay. Like, I'm going to be okay, and I'm going to know when to, to stop it. Like, I'm going to know when. You know, because I'm God's chosen one. And, and, and so I'm sure all these things are in his mind, and yet we see him, this strong, incredible person, he cannot handle it. That pull, that, 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 that tug that it has on your heart, on your emotions, especially then when you take that relationship outside of God's design, oh my goodness, you're, you're gone. You are so tied to that. And so that's where he's at. Okay? And then everything is, is over. Uh, first, first Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. Uh, look at another guy that many of you heard of, Solomon. King Solomon, he is, he is spoken of as the richest, the wisest man to ever live. This is what it says. This is towards the end of his life. It says, now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, <laughs> Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. 
he had, and this is just weird, 700 wives, I, I don't know, listen, I don't know how it worked, all right, who were princesses and 300 concubines, I mean, he's busy, and his wives turned away his heart, don't miss that, did you hear what I just said, and his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemoth, uh, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrifice to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Are you guys tracking with that, with, with what's going on there? God's like, don't do it. Like, don't do it. You don't know. Like, you don't know. You don't know the fire that you're playing with here. There is a way that I've designed you to experience intimacy, love. There's a way I've designed that to the fulfillment, to the, to the greatest of your desires. And my timing is perfect. I don't miss out. Some of you need to hear that tonight because you've like put a timetable on God for this. And it's like, he doesn't miss on his timetables. Do you understand that? He's perfect. Okay? So when, when he's ready, he's ready. Okay? It's not your job to speed that up. Okay? Uh, you know, like, like he, he's perfect. So you can rest in that. But, but what we see here is people that decided, and, and I use them on purpose, strongest and wisest, people that we would assume have got it together, they're chosen, they're hand-selected by God, incredible leaders, uh, you know, had, had, had seasons of incredible success in their life uh, for God, and yet they're derailed, everything's derailed. In fact, right after that, God says, I'm going to rip apart your kingdom because of this. And it's just, it's, it, it breaks my heart. And what, I think what breaks my heart is I now see so many faces of, of your peers and people that have come through the ministry. I see their faces when I read that. And I think of the, the people, the relationships that have taken their heart from God. And yeah, maybe they're not building idols, but now their lives are worshiping something else. See, it's no longer about the worship of God. It's something else. Because that will pull at your heart in a way you're unprepared to handle. Some of you have experienced this. Some of you in this room, you are hanging with me on this. You're like, I've been down that road. And, and I've felt the weight of that. I've felt blinded because it had such a control of my heart. Some, some of you, and, and, and here's what's dangerous too, uh, is, is manipulation that can happen in this. The manipulation when someone knows they've got a hold of your heart. You need to know that. You know how much power there is in that? When, when I've got a hold of your heart, right? Like, like, and, and you've given it, that is, is, is so tough. And so what we have to understand and know is that, that 
if the wisest man to ever live and, and these, these relationships can turn their heart away from God, it can turn my heart away from God. And we have to go back and remember, what is the greatest command? Matthew twenty two thirty seven: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Right? That is the number one, that is the greatest command. So the desire for love and the pursuit of love has the potential to hijack your heart from loving your first love. Okay? And that's why in Scripture, it says this. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Okay, now what is it saying there? What is it saying is, if you are in this room a Jesus follower, okay, if you are somebody that said, I'm going to follow Jesus, um, he is my purpose, I've received the gospel, um, I, I believe it, and, and so I'm going to live for him. If you've made that decision, what, what Scripture is saying is you should not be marrying someone that does not have that same belief. You should not be marrying somebody uh, that is not a Jesus follower. Okay, now why, why is that in Scripture? Why is that there? Because God knows the power of love. He knows the power and the potential to pull you away from God's best. And, and so he... So, what he's trying to guard us from, he's trying to guard us from pursuing somebody and marrying somebody who's going to draw you away from him. Okay? So unequal yoke, he used the analogy, light and darkness, right? Like that, it, it, it's, it's in conflict. It's a contradiction. Okay? So, so if, if I was going to get married and my wife's name is Lindsay, and Lindsay wants nothing to do with God, and yet I'm pursuing God. God's like, don't marry her. And I'm like, God, I want to marry her. It's like, don't marry her because she's going to take your heart away from me. And so he's trying to protect that, and he's trying to guide us into identifying the people that are going to uh, love God, pursue God, and they're actually going to help your heart pursue God. That's the marriage he wants you to have is he wants you to be married to somebody that isn't drawing your heart away from him, but is actually along, right alongside you, is helping you pursue him even better, right? And, and, and that is what he's, that's, that's his goal for you. He says, if you will find that person, and not just someone that's like, that like hey, so are you a Christian? Yeah. Well, let's date then, because you said yeah. Like, no, Okay, a lot of people say they're a Christian. A lot of people. I don't know how many, like, uh, people your age, well, they said they were a Christian. I'm like, well, were they following Jesus? Huh. I don't know. Like, we didn't really talk about it. Eh, that's probably a problem. Um, but you got to ask, what are they pursuing? And God is like, I want, I want you both to be pursuing me. And a right relationship, you guys are going to help each other's heart pursue God. Wrong relationship, someone's trying to hijack your heart away from him, okay? So, so we have to guard. We have to protect um, our hearts, and, and we've got to come back to that, that question. Does the person you're pursuing or that you're in a relationship, do they draw you closer to God or do they take you further away from him? The person that you're trying to be with, the person that maybe you're with, are your thoughts of them pure? Are they worshipful? Because uh, that's what... All of our thoughts should be. Are they all you think about? Does, is somebody consuming your mind? Is someone consuming a spot that God should have to where you can't think of anything else? If you're in a relationship, is what you're doing with that other person, is that honoring to the Lord? Right? Like, like, and, and the question is, when no one else is around, are you honoring the Lord? That's really the question, right? 
When no one else is around, are you honoring the Lord? Okay, those are the questions that you guys gotta, that you gotta ask. Is this a distraction from him? Guys, uh, everything in our lives should be worshipful. If not, there's an issue. And, and guys, if, if the individuals I listed could be distracted, and if they could fall away, you and I are very capable of falling away. In 1 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. Okay? We get in trouble when we think we're good. That's when we get in trouble. I've got this. I'm all right. I'm strong. Spiritually, I'm dialed in. I'm okay. That's when you're already in the process of falling. And so you've got to guard your heart. Okay, guys? And this is the one. This is the one. That's why it's the finale. This is the one that is going to take your heart to a place you're not prepared to go. And before you know it, you're in water that's way too deep than you're prepared to swim in. And, and guys, I just, man, if, I, if, I, if there's anything I can do to keep you away from something that hijacks your heart from God, I'm going to do it. And if that's telling you what you don't want to hear, I'll be the first person to do it. But we just care too much for you. Um, and so tonight, I just want you to really con uh, consider and process is what you're going after is who you're going after or is the relationship you're in. Is it honoring the Lord? Is it a distraction or is it helping you pursue him?